House of Representatives continues to be rudderless as the GOP struggles to find a leader. Can Congressman Jim Jordan get the job done? Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer is here on all the top stories and with a military historical perspective of developments in the Middle East. And after the day of jihad on Friday, media and political elites begin to connect the dots on America's open borders. With a record number of terrorists being discovered at the border, Andrew Arthur questions, have we learned anything from the 9-11 Commission report? And then grown protests at America's universities and other large groups of Hamas sympathizers protesting in support of terrorism. Patricia Antone explains the cheering of Hamas shows the moral decline of Western societies. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the lies and deceit and bring forth real talk from real people about real news providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour this is viewpoint this sunday welcome to the weekend news magazine viewpoint this sunday it is malcolm out loud here Well, as we've all been seeing, the developments have uh, captured all of our uh, imaginations all week long uh, in the Middle East. This has been, of course, the dominating story, but there are other things uh, as well, like, okay, like uh, small things, like no Speaker of the House kind of thing, and uh, which, of course, has stopped uh, any work being done uh, in the the House of Representatives. Uh, How close are we, you ask? Well, uh, let's find out a little bit more. And let me just tell you this footnote here. The, The last time... A, a speaker election took more than one ballot. It was in 1923. That was Speaker Frederick Gillette, uh, Massachusetts Republican. It doesn't even sound roll off the tongue anymore, does it? Massachusetts Republican. Uh, but the longest speaker uh, was back in uh, December 3rd, 1855. This was the 34th Congress. And I remember seeing all this sometime back. Um, this took, listen to this, uh, about 133 votes to come to a decision but, you know, at that time, I mean, the country, we had the slavery debate going on. We had the Whig Party was coming to its end, the dissolution of this. We had the, all of these uh, raucous uh, points happening here in the House. And so here we are again, friends, in uh, 2023 and dealing with a lot of that uh, as well. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer joins me now. And um, uh, Tony is the president of Project Sentinel. Uh, and he is a CIA trained intelligence operations officer, 35 years experience in global and national security. Uh, he's the host of The Hard Truth with uh, Tony Schaefer as well on the, uh, the talk radio network here at America Out Loud. Tony, it's, uh, this speaker business now, we see here uh, the House Majority Leader Steve Scalise couldn't get it done. Now, both both Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan are to the right uh, politically of Kevin McCarthy, to be sure. Uh, they both are pretty well-liked guys uh, from from most counts. Uh, you're always going to have some outliers to that point, of course. Uh, hard to be effective today and not piss off some people, obviously. Uh, but uh, so Steve couldn't get it done. 
Jim Jordan now is there. Uh, he got, what, 124 votes, I think, this last go around. Then you have this representative, Austin Scott, who basically nobody knows, coming out of Georgia. What do you think? Can Jordan get this done? So good morning, Malcolm. Good to be here. Um, so the I got to tell you, I know Jim. So I, I, I my vote is with Jim and the the need to bring not only stability to the House, but a, a, a level of honesty. And I'm going to say this and I might get in trouble, but Kevin McCarthy was just not an honest man. He did what he had to to become elected, both at the local level for his constituents and then also when he became speaker and there was things that we're coming coming to find out now he didn't really release all the j6 pictures like he had uh you know in videos he'd agreed to do there's a number of things which really he only went as far as he had to uh to get things done uh, that did not benefit him personally so i think anything is going to be better than kevin mccarthy at least as my judgment yeah uh did they make some victories well you know i i look at some of the deals he made uh you know the biden uh, uh budget deal that they made right gave the white house veto authority it's like okay i don't think you really accomplished much there so i think in the end uh, scalise would have been better uh, he dropped out i think because of health issues and then jim jordan's the one guy left i don't know this guy from georgia at all so i i, I can't comment nor would i have the interest at this point to do so I know he's a, a good guy. I've met with him several times, and I think he would be a great speaker. And uh, one thing I think he's going to learn, like anybody else, is like <laughs> seeking a job and being clear on what you want to do and being in the job and doing the things you wanted to do are very different. So it's, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, well said what you shared there. Uh, and about uh, McCarthy, um, you know, there were a lot of conservatives very clearly not happy with that uh, budget and with the uh, potential of a government shutdown. You know, what's ironic about this in, in odd sort of ways, Tony, is that, uh, you know, he kind of upset the apple cart by not uh, by doing what he did. People felt he so sold out uh, to the establishment with that. But at the same time, they were all you know, nervous about this government shutdown business, like the world was going to end. And what do we have now? Basically in the house, we basically have a government shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> Think well, about that. I, yeah. I'm one of those. that was like, uh, uh, you know, they had the Obama uh, budget person get up there and say, Oh, we're going to lose 15,000 IR, uh, uh, FBI agents. Like, okay. <laughs> and we're going to lose another 9,000 ATFs. Like, yeah, sound doesn't sound bad so far. And I, I was one of those that says, yeah, shut the government down. As a matter of fact, I've said before, I think I've said it on your show, yeah. shut the government down yeah. for, a, for a month. See what uh, people miss and bring that back. Anything they don't miss, cut it because apparently it wasn't important. So Yeah, yeah. Tony, we are so uh, understanding you um, when you say that. I know a lot of our uh, folks, a lot of our listenership would agree with that. Uh, they're tired of this uh, government apparatus and what has taken place and uh yeah, we certainly were in support of that. Uh, you, you know, you say a month and yeah, we, I said, well, let's uh, shut it down for an extended period of time and see what happens. Right. See if we can't, uh, you know, reduce the 900 pound uh, gorilla there in uh, DC. Uh, basically, you know, the, uh, the politics in Washington, um, McCarthy play, he, he, people call him as a representative of the Uniparty, basically. I mean, he, yes. re he, he represents the, a very greasy a political atmosphere where deals are done and, you know, as you know, less than honorable upfront. 
the thing I will say to you back here before we move on is Jim Jordan uh, is a different kind of a leader. Uh, this is not something I don't even, well, I know for sure because his people shared it with me. It's not something he was seeking out. No, he's not that kind of a leader. And and it was actually stated before he did that. Well, we really need somebody now who has proper leadership, who really doesn't want it, but would do it for. And that's uh, so Jim Jordan, there is the potential right now. This man from Ohio, he could be a and I just have a it could be right, could be wrong. But the opportunity is there right now, I would say to you, Tony, for him to be a, a monumental moment and a speaker that can take this now and maybe somebody that stays with that he could be could be there for a while if this comes off you know so yeah look I, some of the most amazing leaders i've worked with or met and spent time with or advised have been those who were essentially drafted to go into a position uh one of those being general joseph dunford joe dunford was the chairman of the joint chiefs uh, every time i knew joe from a time where he was seeking to retire i just want to retire and it seemed that he every time he turned around he was being promoted to do something else which was amazing and up until when he was even selected to be chairman of the joint chief so i do see that uh men who do not seek a position but are qualified to hold it do uh, essentially the job that it's meant to as it's meant to be done not as what they as as you know they had aspirations to do so i think it's a very practical way of selecting someone and i think jim would be as you said, an amazing uh, speaker. Yeah, we so agree. we'll see. We agree. Yeah, we'll see. yeah. yeah. He he is a he's a uh, the, the unique characteristics of a leader is uh, as you say honesty, and the man who has some class uh, to deal with things in such a way. Uh, Jim Jordan possessed that. He knows where the bones are buried and knows how to maneuver and deal with it and really be a gentleman to all sides of the conversation. With and that's what I've seen with him. Anyways, he's he's a statesman. He's, he can be a statesman. Yeah. Uh, so Absolutely. this is very interesting. Yeah, Jordan is, uh, you know, you'd asked me even several years before McCarthy even got this. And even before that, I would have said Jim Jordan would be a uh, he would be a uh, uh, a real prize to have in the speakership uh, of this house, without a doubt. Well, so we, he'll be a real prize. But Nancy Pelosi was a real prize, too, but in a different way. Oh, well, let's not go down that road. All right, well, let's move I, on. <laughs> let's... I just hope people weren't injured when they had to turn all, move all of those uh, cases of vodka out of her office when they took it out. So. Well, I think they stored that somewhere uh, right near her refrigerator with all the ice Probably. cream in it, brothers. That's Probably. where that went. So you got one for the vodka, one for the ice cream. All right. Getting serious now in the tone of uh, the big story, my, my, my friend here, Ian yeah. Beth. Uh, and what I ask you, right now, uh, we have Hamas in the south. The concern has been Hezbollah in the north, if they do or don't. It's been a lot of strategy and a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks on that point. Yeah. Uh, Iran, of course, is right there. These are all proxies of Iran. I mean, our listeners know the setup of this. Uh, we have carrier group out there, the, uh, the, the Gerald Ford, the big one. And then we have another one en route. Uh, and so it looks like the Biden cabal is, uh, at this point, at least on the surface, we, I don't know that there's a lot of love there specifically, but does Hezbollah make the move in your, in your opinion as a, as a military guy? Does that even happen or it, what? Cause it didn't seem to me like Hamas was the end game for that one, because that was like a suicide mission, what they did, which, of course, right. they're happy to commit suicide all the time. But the point is uh, that it seemed like this was a bigger plan. What do you think is the plan here? Well, the two things I think we need to clarify first, I always like giving framework to the discussion sure. because, um, 
AOC Ocasio-Cortez tweeted out that uh, fundamentally, fund, uh, let's see, well, how did she say fundamentalist Christians who hate the Jews are driving the war? It's like, excuse me? Uh, the amount of ignorance which comes out of that lady's brain is amazing. And so I, I think it's important to put this in context. The Jews, as a as a group of people, have been in that region since 16,000 B.C., before Christ. So uh, I just want to make sure that people understand that where I'm coming from is there's no Palestinian state that overrides the right of the Jews to be there. So that's the first factor I think we need to incorporate. The reason we're dealing with this mess is because of the British. The British set up something called Sykes-Pico right after World War I, which carved up the Middle East. And and they, being the British, made all sorts of uh, underhanded promises to everybody to help walk out of the war. They promised the Arabs they would have their state, independent state, uh, as seen in Lawrence of Arabia. And they promised the Jews their state, too. And they promised the same land. It's like... Uh, you know, Malcolm, you, you sell a property twice. Well, that's what they did, essentially. They sold the wow. property twice, and wow. and here we are. So that, with that being the context of the current conflict, you now have players which were derived from the Sykes-Picot Agreement. And you've got Iran, uh, which was a derivative of uh, British-controlled uh, uh, Iran. You know, and they, the, it was, we went through the whole thing with uh, the Shah and then um, the Khomeini and, and the, the mullahs. And they have been a driving force against the Jewish state as long as the Jewish state has existed. So they are driving both Hezbollah, as you mentioned, in northern Lebanon, as well as Hamas in, you know, the West Bank. Um, I, I'm sorry, in, in um, Gaza. In, in Gaza. So, so, and then, by the way, they've been trying to undermine the West Bank as well, which is another That's part right. of the, That's right. the area. So, so with that said, the Hamas acted mm. in this seven october attack in a very suicidal way and as you point out malcolm they're always suicidal but this was immensely suicidal because yeah. this was meant to cause the wrath of the israeli military and rightfully so i mean basically they've said i've seen i've actually uh, uh interviewed ambassador ito uh, ahoni uh, one of the former uh, ambassadors of the united states from israel he was the consul general in the u.n from i think 2010 to 2014. Uh, Let me tell folks, too, that's a great interview, and it is playing yeah. at 11 a.m. Saturday and Sunday this yeah, weekend yeah, yeah. on America Out Loud yeah. Talk Radio, kids. Yeah. So you've heard it. So, yeah, so we go through, and, and he discusses, because he's there, yeah. what the heck's going on? And he says, never again. Okay, I, I, I accept that. I, As a matter of fact, I'm on board with that. Yeah. But why? Why, Malcolm, would an, uh, Hamas open up the yeah. door for the Israelis to come in like that? Well... Yeah. My my theory is Iran wants a larger war. Uh, Iran being Iran, the mullahs, uh, it's, it's it's been said, you know, they 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 worship death more than we love life, and I think that's true. One of the things that they did want to disrupt, which I know they did, was the signing of a regularization a treaty with, between the Saudis, the the Sunni, and um, Israel. Uh, basically, it would have meant uh, Arab recognition of Israel. That's huge. That's significant. And so I think the Iranians uh, knew that. And that's why they put Hamas both as a, as a group and the Palestinian people as a people on the course of a suicide end for most of, of their governance, self-governance. I think that's where it's all going to go. Yeah, that's a great summation. And uh, the history context as well is very important. Um, that it, People should have got a lot out of that right there. Uh, now, do things get settled down now with all of this or do you think this escalates further right now? 
Well, it depends because I'm. I do believe that the reason that the Iranians did this, and this has been reported, I, I believe credibly, the, the Iranians started considering this with Hamas two years ago, when they witnessed our feckless uh, withdrawal from uh, Kabul, from Afghanistan. It's like if the U.S. is that weak and can't even handle that as an issue, after doing it for twenty years, do can the U.S. actually sustain stability within the Middle East? Uh, you know, based on what we wanted, yeah. we being the Iranians, and so I think that was uh, that was their yeah. uh, planning assu- assumption that the U.S. would not respond in a cohesive. Exactly. Well, they know Biden's at the the, the helm of this thing, and they know what he's all about. So that oh, certainly yeah. invites a lot of this crap uh, as well that people don't want to admit. Listen, uh, you know uh, th- this point about. Um, uh, Iran and the fact that they love death, and which I speak about all the time here. I mean, we understand this fight. Our leaders don't accept that point. They're not really, uh, surely they don't do it in public, at least. They never accept that point that you speak out. And they always try to think, if they act like these are rational people, rational players on the world stage, the way they deal with the freaking Iran, they act like yeah. somehow this is really a uh, a legitimate situation. It's not. And no. so the point is, if they understood that point that you just put out there, then here's my recommendation, sir. And you speak about this better than I as a military guy, but here you go. They want death more than life. Well, let's give it to them. Let's give them what the hell they want. What do you say to that? Well, I think it's what's coming. I mean, we've had since, let me give another history lesson. The reason the Democrats are so prone to trying to give advantage to the Iranians it's because of a guy named Zygmunt Brzezinski, uh, Mika Brzezinski's dad, just saying. There, there is a link. And Brzezinski, for whatever reason, presented a, a policy concept that the Carter administration pr- supported even until, even during the hostage crisis in 1979 and into 80, mm-hmm. that we should be partnering with uh, the mullahs as our primary partner in the Middle East. I'm just telling you what the concept is. I don't agree with it, and I just right. don't understand the thinking. But that's what's driving yeah. all of the Democrats. That that included uh, Carter, insane. Insane. yeah, Carter Clinton, yeah. Carter Clinton, yeah. Barack Obama, and now Biden. And yeah. that's why you see them literally bending over backwards to give advantage. That's exactly it. And this is all the policies of Obama right now, and right. what happened throughout all those years with Iran. Uh, right. You know, the whole deal of the, the pallets of cash and all that nonsense right. Right. Uh, and what we're going through now with Biden. We know right. who's running this parade. It certainly isn't Joe Biden. No, it's I mean, it's uh, Valerie Jarrett and uh, and um, what's her name? The, the um, oh, I Susan Rice. Susan Rice, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Frickin' frack. Thelma and Louise. Uh, they had to go off the edge of the cliff there. All right. Uh, last point here uh, that yeah. we've got here just a moment here. So, but... Um, they call for this day of jihad. We know that just went by. There was uprisings all around the world. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be taking on next in the next segment, a very serious conversation about terrorism in the U.S. here and at our southern border and all of that. There's no doubt in my mind the sleeper cells are here in this country, Tony. And there is a price. I have been saying this right along. I'm going to continue to say it. Uh, are we that's... not prime right now, though, for an attack in this country? Well, we... Well, yes, but again, there's going to be consequences and and limited effects. Now, I've looked at, you know, I wrote a book called The Last Line. We've wrote, written, we, we've talked about it a little bit. That book covers exactly what's going on right now. I recommend people go back and look at it because we forecast 10 years ago, this was all coming. And I do go through and I talk about some of the concepts of attacks because that is a, 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 that is the last line. The last line is the Southwest border. And that's what we wrote about terrorists coming up through the Southwest border. So 
Yeah, I think it's very possible. I wrote a book about it and people yeah. ought to go check it out because we do go through scenarios which we think are coming. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Tony, thank you. Thank you for joining us here and getting this started here on your your, your um, summation and uh, analysis was, was absolutely perfect. Thank you, brother. Oh, thank you, Malcolm. Always great to be on with you. Thank you, sir. Okay, that is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. And um, this terrorist uh, business on the border is, uh, people can feel that's extreme urgency here uh, in our country. We're going to take that up next a little bit in a big way here and talk a little bit more even about the 9-11 Commission report uh, that happened after 9-11 to warn our country of the grave dangers of the recklessness that these uh, political leaders have inflicted upon the public right this very moment. This is a pretty serious conversation here coming up. You hear uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer there set it out fairly well. So that was a great uh, piece there. Um, listen to markroutloud.news is uh, the, the place we uh, encourage you to get to and uh, share the out loud truth and help us wake people up, please, to the truth. Now, that's what we speak here is the truth. And we absolutely believe in our in our Constitution and in our First Amendment rights uh, in the freedom to speak the way we wish to speak, uh, and not be held back. So uh, please. And uh, so take a look at that and uh, stay right there. More viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. And as always, my fellow Americans, want to thank you for being with us on the mission. And uh, big conversations today. I want to talk to you about something very serious now. And uh, it's something that uh, has been uh, really on my, my mind and my heart for some time. And the concern of terrorism here uh, on the homeland uh, that, you know, we're not... Uh, uh, we're not sheltered from this at all, especially with uh, the current policies that uh, we're dealing with here in our country. And uh, Art, it's a privilege to have you with me always. And thank you for joining us here on Viewpoint this Sunday. And I want to go right to the core of this problem right now. And I, I just want to specifically talk about uh, this real world problem of terrorism at the border. As I recall in my mind, I think it was 2019. You'll correct me on this in a moment or, or not. 
but I believe it was 2019, as I remember, where there were they didn't rec- have any they had zero terrorists registered the CBP coming over the border. Uh, if I have that year right, and then since then it has escalated upward. And these are just people that tend to get caught that are on the terror watch list. I mean, I, that number is at, uh, scares the hell out of me. What that number could be? Talk about that problem, that point specifically, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In FY 2023, in the first 11 months of FY 2023, 146 aliens who are on the terror watch list have been apprehended by Border Patrol agents at the southwest border. And you were correct. Back in uh, FY 19, it was zero. Most years we would get, you know, anywhere between two and six, never 146. So, you know, these are very uh, disturbing. What would cause uh, that, Art? What would cause, talk about that number there. What do you think would cause that going from zero or two or three to 150 on a 60, whatever? So traditionally, uh, terrorist actors, those affiliated with them would attempt to exploit our legal immigration system. They'd go to the consulate, they'd lie about their reasons for coming to the United States, they would elide things that they'd done in the past, they'd try to get a visa and enter legally because their concern was that if they entered illegally across the border and got caught, they were going to be found out, they were going to run all their background. Right now, Border Patrol agents are processing people so quickly and releasing them so quickly that there's no way that they can actually do any background investigation on those individuals. If you were a terrorist group and tried to get somebody into the United States, you wouldn't send them to the U.S. Embassy in Beirut. You'd send them to Matamoros, Mexico, put them on a bus and send them up uh, across the uh, Rio Grande. Yeah, I mean, it's because it looks art almost like a, a turnstile for Disney World down there. You're right with the fact they're just processing people like bing, bing, come in, bing, bing, come in, come in, come in, come in. But it's like they're waving them through. Now, with all of that art, I mean, all right, back to what you said a moment ago. If if you're a terrorist, so if if we're a terrorist, I, I don't know that we can think that way, that devious. But but let's try to make this example. So if we are a terrorist. We're going to say, okay, so we got thousands of miles of open borders here. We're not going to check in, as you say, through legal uh, immigration process, okay? And we don't want to get caught just in case they're not processing them quick enough and, you know, whatever. So why don't we just kind of, you know, take this area over here, which nobody really is focused on. And, like, we'll come in through that point there. Um, that should be cool. That should be pretty clean. And then we're not even on the gutaway list. We're not on any list. Uh, how real is that, sir? Yeah, no, that's exactly true. And I'm going to give you another statistic. 1.7 million aliens have entered the United States illegally that we know of who weren't apprehended. We call those gotaways. And that's just since Joe Biden took office. The House Judiciary Committee put out a report uh, recently that provided that number. So we don't know who those people are, Malcolm, but think about it. If you you know enter and get caught, you're just going to get released. How bad must the people be who don't want to be caught, who want to go to those, you know, more remote areas? And we know that the cartels and the smugglers create these controllable gaps, as they're called, through which they can run drugs and people who don't want to be caught. And, of course, the people who are going to be able to pay for that sort of treatment are well-funded terrorist organizations. We really can't rule out the fact, I think, that there is probably, uh, this my numbers now are, but I'm thinking there are thousands of these characters throughout the homeland already that have already gotten here and they're still getting here. 
and that these are what we would call sleeper cells that are waiting for the right moment. And they're not going to use cell phones to coordinate. We already see that in other areas of the world. They, they've caught on to how, how our law enforcement is following them and the FBI's and all that. They know how they're being caught. So they're not going to use those means. Am I drawing a scenario out? Is there any truth to what I say there or is that just rubbish? Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, it's very difficult to quantify what you don't know. Don Rumsfeld, Secretary of Defense, uh, referred to that as the unknown unknowns. And that's always the nightmare scenario that any law enforcement agency or intelligence agency faces in dealing with these people. So you could really break, you know, would-be terrorists down into uh, a, a handful of buckets. Those people who are dedicated, trained. We know that there are training camps throughout the Middle East. There were training camps in Afghanistan. There are training camps in Iran, at which you know people prepare for terrorist attacks. Then there is a population of people who have become radicalized in the United States. Remember, the first World Trade Center attack was carried out by individuals who were inspired by the blind Sheikh Sheikh uh, Omar Rah. Omar Rahman Abdel. Uh, And, you know, he took individuals who were here, he preached hate to them, and he inspired them to do what they did. So, you know, when you put them all together, it's this amorphous group of people who are capable of carrying out attacks. The September 11th hijackers were trained and ready. uh, But, you know, they also were able to utilize individuals in the United States who were inspired by what they did. People forget that uh, the individual who carried out, who actually was the mastermind of the first uh, World Trade Center bombing, was the nephew of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the man who successfully brought down the World Trade Center uh, towers. So, you know, it is that sort of indoctrination that goes on. And, you know, as we see people chanting, you know, stupid and hateful things on college campuses, you can imagine how effective that indoctrination is for other individuals who have come to this country uh, and who are, uh, you know, a, a fertile ground to be radicalized. Yeah, yes. I want to talk about the 9-11 Commission uh, to really understand how ridiculous all this is. And you point this out in a wonderful op-ed you have on um, on CIS.org, their uh, Center for Immigration Studies, uh, Border Lessons from the 9-11 Report and DHS's Homeland Threats Assessment terrorist and criminal actors may exploit the elevated flow and increasingly complex security environment uh, from Hamas to the homeland. And that's pretty well what I'm thinking here as well. This 9-11 commission was back in uh, on November 27, 2002. And of course, President Bush signed this Intelligence Authorization Act. And um, it's fascinating uh, what they discovered through that. And you've studied this and read this pretty well, and you decipher pretty really well let me just read this one phrase and then i'm going to let cut you loose art to talk about how ridiculous this is but this was a findings of the report the 9-11 attacks it says in the decade before september 11 2001 border security encompassing travel entry and immigration was not seen as a national security matter now i'm reading the report to you now friends and that statement i just started with is very accurate i remember the days we used to fly and nobody ever even worried about nothing i mean you just we were just a carefree loving environment at that point innocent if you will it goes on to say public figures voiced concern about the war on drugs the right level and kind of immigration problems along the southwest border migration crisis is originating in the caribbean and elsewhere or the grown criminal traffic in humans 
The immigration system as a whole was widely viewed as increasingly dysfunctional and in badly needed reform. And friends, this was back in that time, in 2001. Imagine what this report would say today. And it ends up in national security circles, however, only smuggling of weapons of mass destruction carried weight, not the entry of terrorists who might use such weapons or the presence of associated foreign-born terrorists. Art, it's profound what we're reading here and what we're seeing. We learned nothing from this. Our political leaders have learned absolutely nothing from this. Is that correct? Yeah, no. And in fact, it's actually worse than that, Malcolm, because not only did they ignore that lesson, they've gone in exactly the opposite direction of that lesson, which, you know, is reflected in the Homeland Security Threat Assessment 2024 that was recently released by DHS. They talk about uh, how terrorists could exploit this massive flow of individuals at the border. But here's really the biggest abrogation of that report. They talk about the flow at the border, but they never explain why so many people are coming up. They talk about the fact that people are now coming from all around the world, including the Eastern hem- Hemisphere, which we never had before. But they never actually, you know, explain why that's happening. And we know why it's happening. A federal judge back in March said that it's happening because the the current administration keeps releasing individuals into the United States. They know if they show up illegally, they're going to get in and they're going to be able to live and work here indefinitely, if not permanently. So really what the threat assessment does is it identifies the threat, but it never identifies how you stop the threat. And of course, the only way to stop the threat is going to be detention of individuals who enter the United States illegally. Now, there are a lot of people in the United States who are like, oh, they're poor asylum seekers. We shouldn't detain them. That system, we can grant those people asylum in 42 days on average right now. If we release them into the United States, assuming they show up in court, it could take four years. You know, it, you know, if we release them into the United States, they're relying upon municipal social services, local taxpayers. If we detain them, the Department of Homeland Security pays the bill and pays for their medical care, their health care, their food, their housing. And again, we're not talking about years that these folks are going to be in uh, custody. We're talking about a month and 10 days. So we really need to reconsider what we're doing if we're going to respond to that threat. But if we don't change what we're doing, the 9-11 report might as well have just taken the government's money, done nothing, and gone home. That's exactly it, buddy. That's exactly it. You know, I'm thinking here, uh, Art, this, um, what's happened right now, this is, to me, this is the largest marketing campaign the world has ever known. The fact that the United States has open borders, and the Biden administration will not stop you, but process your entry into the nation. They'll bus you, fly you, flag you, give you whatever, give you the phone, give you the, you know, and you can, the rest will handle. I mean, this has got to be the largest marketing camp. It's, well, why are they coming from all over the world, you ask? Everybody knows. I mean, they're actually talking about this on far distant planets, Art. That's how ridiculous the whole thing is. I mean, so isn't that a correct statement? I mean, isn't this the largest marketing campaign we've seen ever in our lifetime? Yeah, not only is that correct, Malcolm, I'm going to steal that, uh, probably without referencing you, but uh, that's sort of how this business works, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it, it really is true. And, you know, every time that uh, the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, or DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says that the border is closed, 
it just simply reveals how stupid uh you know how fatuous all of this is because they you know people again people in africa throughout asia the middle east understand that our border is open and yeah you could go down to the embassy you could get a visa or you could you know apply for an immigrant visa to come to the united states and wait 20 years or you could fly to mexico take a bus up to the border and simply cross illegally and you know that is uh, absolutely correct. This is a bigger marketing campaign than McDonald's or Coca-Cola, yeah. IBM, or any pharmaceutical company. And it's working and it's working to our detriment. Yep. Yep. You know, when that came to my mind, I, I said to myself, as, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about this marketing campaign because that's was my background as a marketer. So this is like a campaign. Of, it's, it's pretty wild. I thought to myself, I said, well, art will borrow this. Of course, I use the word borrow, not steal. And I said, art will probably borrow this. I just hope he references Malcolm uh, out loud from the record. <laughs> 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 anyways, anyways, your, your write-ins are always uh, uh, on target, buddy. So I thought, because this is right up your alley and it's so accurate though and you know the why we're advertising this around the world so i mean the other thing you have to question art then is the danger of all of this is quite real the same characters who are doing this uh clinton bill clinton you already know all this uh, joe biden in his uh, days as a senator and even obama early on they all talked about the border and the problem and actually talked about it in ways that we would actually be able to understand back when it didn't matter something has changed in our country I know it's a lot of people talking about buy-offs and sell-offs and uh, improprieties uh, with Biden for, with other countries and stuff, but but something has happened where these characters, they see it in a whole different light, and it's like they're willing to risk what they would have never done back then, Art. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, no, it, it, it's absolutely true. And again, you know, it's it's very apt that you reference President Clinton, who spoke very strongly about the need to secure the border, President Obama, and then Senator Biden. Yeah. Right now, I don't really know who's calling the shots at the White House. You know, there's calls for Secretary Mayorkas's impeachment, but I don't really think that, you know, Alejandro Mayorkas is the person who's decided to do this. It's figures who really either, you know, don't remember history or, uh, you know, misremember history that happened before. We know exactly what's going to happen. And the problem is the people who talk like me, you, keep in mind, I was talking like this, you know, in the late 90s and warning about the risks. And, you know, we're called chicken littles or, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists or whatever. This is a, a patent fact. You can read that threat assessment. You can see how palpable the risk of the American people is. Unfortunately, the people who are calling the shots in the White House and the West Wing or the Eisenhower Executive Office building don't read that threat assessment, don't believe what is possible. They think that September 11th was a one-off event, which means, I guess, the first World Trade Center bombing was a one-off event. The bombing of the U.S. embassies in Nairobi and Dar es Salaam were one-off events. The bombing of the coal was a one-off off of that you know you start to you know put the pieces together and you realize where this is going yeah i and you know again as i said before i was the smartest guy in the room on you know late on the afternoon of september 11th i don't want to be the smartest guy in the room i want everybody to be the smartest guy in the room before you know something bad happens so that we can respond and stop it 
Well, if it's not intentional and it's not nefarious, then we have some of the the dumbest people in power that we've ever had in the history of our nation. Uh, that's all I would that would be a quotable quote I would say to you is is a fact indeed. Last point are then at this point, even a new administration can take on new policies, new ideas. Uh, sometimes you have to sink real low and be sucker punched before you fix the problem, really understand the problem or address the problem or something. Okay, fair enough. Whatever's going to happen, even if they come up with comprehensive immigration, even if the left and right figured it out somehow and said, we better work together for the salvation of our nation. What a, what a theory, what a novel idea. If that all even happened, and, and that would be a miracle at this moment, but let's say that happened in 2024, 2025, rather 2026. Okay, great. The problem and the damage that's still been done right now, Art, is quite significant. And that's why some candidates are saying they would start to round them up and get them out. But there's a lot of uh, hurdles and obstacles right now. And again, sadly, a price to pay for these effectless, ridiculous policies that have been pushed on to our fellow brothers and sisters here in America. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I'm reminded of what Winston Churchill said when he stated that Americans always do the right thing after exhausting all other options. And unfortunately, I'm afraid that we are back in that situation. But, you know, I just want to add a message of hope. None of this, none of these issues, you know, is intractable. All of them can be responded to. It seems like an awfully big job, but it's a job that, you know, the United States government has to do. There are good ideas out there. You can actually listen to the political campaigns of Donald Trump, of uh, Ron DeSantis. You can listen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They actually do have solid responses to this that can address these issues. This is not an attractable problem, but it is one that we need to respond to quickly before something really bad happens. Yeah. You know, I just love having you on. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, man. It's always a privilege to uh, have you here, my brother. Thank you so much for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday, Art. The privilege is mine to get the chance to talk to you and talk to all of your listeners. Thank you. That's uh, Andrew Arthur. Uh, and uh, really appreciate Art's perspective. And you have a sense now, and even the historical factor of what we're speaking about. I was hoping somewhere along the line, when I asked him if it's a true statement or not, he might tell me I was out of my mind, but he never did do that. So here we are, friends. Uh, up next now, listen to this here. Uh, this is going to be fascinating. It, when you think about... Uh, what's been going on in our colleges, which Art referenced a moment ago here, and the cheering of uh, Hamas, really, terrorists, I mean, and uh, speechless things that took place there. Uh, it shows the moral decline of Western societies and how far we have sunk. Let me remind you again uh, that uh, AmericaOutloud.shop is a place to get all those great products we talk about that are medical doctors, our naturopathic doctors, the nurses, and all the fabulous people on our platform. Uh, all those products are there, and they have the discounts available for you. Uh, AmericaOutloud.shop, and you'll get all of that there. Friends, stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. We are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hey, welcome back in here to Viewpoint this Sunday, my fellow Americans and all of our wonderful friends around the world. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the broadcast. And uh, we're seeing all kinds of things happen now. You know, in the light of this, uh, or in the darkness, I should say, of this Middle East uh, war that is happening here, we are seeing things that we've really, some of us have never seen before. We, many of us were aghast when the uh, ISIS uh, and ISIS-K, and they took all of the, the, the guys along the waterside and chopped all the heads off, and we were stunned. People are like, wow, does, is this really happening here? And But, you know, now we see the product of this evil Satanist um, uh, group of, um, you can't call them people. They're not, I can't call them humans or people. I mean, they're despicable it's swine it's disgusting uh, there's say, uh, disciples of hell uh, basically and uh, that's what we're seeing and now when you see the despicable things that uh, happened there at uh, the border in israel in gaza uh, it's unimaginable friends but it's something we have to imagine is the point we've got to force ourselves to think about it we have to force ourselves to understand the gravity of the situation and we have to conduct ourselves accordingly or it's coming to a city, town, neighborhood near you otherwise. And that is the deal. Uh, let me welcome on here. Patricia Antone joins me here. She's an author, activist. Uh, and the thing about Patricia is she analyzes things, uh, these uh, political operatives, if you will, and events against the backdrop of our amazing constitution here in our nation. Uh, Patricia, welcome on to Viewpoint this Sunday. And I want to start and talk to you about, okay, this past many days, we've been seeing the uprising at the college campuses. We've been seeing uh, all of this. It's, it's uh, I refer to it as an indoctrination in the same way that the jihadists indoctrinate their children. It's the same thing we're really struggling with here in our own country, although nobody wants to admit it, Patricia. Uh, that's why they're tearing down history and doing all these things we put under the guise of wokeism, but it's far more egregious and serious than this. And mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing that now play out on our campuses. We're seeing this with others who are defending the barbarians, defending 
this these terrorists defending the end of life and the chopping of heads and the mutilation and rape and destruction of a uncivilized uh, society that's gone crazy. Uh, that's how right. do you make yeah. sense of this, Patricia? I think for the past uh, several decades now, Western civilizations have been subjected to an onslaught. It's a, it's a psyop, really, where we've tried to supplant our respect for the equal standing of each human being. That, in fact, is the foundation of morality. It's the foundation of Western civilization, but it's also the foundation of any consequential morality is a fundamental respect for the equal standing of each person. And in the absence of that, what do you have? You have the whole idea that that um, we ought to replace it with statistical parity achieved among recognized factions, right? So, so when we take individual flesh and blood human beings out of the mix, and instead we authorize these powers that be to orchestrate statistical parity among recognized factions, then we've not only disempowered individuals in deference to state authority, but we've also we've also undermined the fundamental morality of everything. So now all of a sudden, everything is okay if if you are supposedly uh, championing the cause of some uh, named underdog group. And, and so that's, I think that's why we're seeing a resurgence now of Jew hatred. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a natural manifestation of this collectivist ideation that they have been promoting now for decades in Western societies. And so this is why you've got a number of people rising up in support of Hamas because they say, oh, well, this, these are the underdogs. And uh, so, right, so right. just, yeah, they're, they're pushing social justice agenda, but um, it, social justice agenda itself takes the individual flesh and blood human being out of the mix. And in so doing, it becomes not just amoral hmm. it becomes anti-morality interesting boy that that gets you to really think here and it's not just that but then you look at the uh, at the congressional level and people like ilhan omar uh cory bush uh, uh alexandria ocasio-cortez uh rashida Tlaib. you're looking at people like this Mm -hmm. uh, and many others, by the way, that actually are in support of this uh, Hamas business, and they're mm -hmm. fighting against the fact of what Israel is uh, trying to fix out there. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of hard to understand that, isn't it? Well, it would be hard to understand that unless you understand that it is demonic. What you what you opened with the idea that it is demonic. Well, we can't go so far as to say that these aren't humans. Human beings, in the absence of God, in the absence of morality, are capable of horrific evil that does not make them human. And I think it's important that we recognize that, no, we can't, we can't accurately, not only is it immoral to demoralize or de dehumanize people, but it's, it's not accurate either because we lose the humility of recognizing in the absence of fundamental morality, you and I are no better than these people. The only thing that elevates the human being to anything other than this horrific animal status is fundamental morality. Mm. 
Wow. I mean, you say it so well, Patricia. I want to read this, um, these, just these couple sentences that are in a, in, uh, an article in op-ed that is on americaoutloud.news and uh, that Patricia wrote. This is uh, surely a must read. All her pieces really are. This one is uh, titled, The Churn of Hamas Shows the Moral Decline of Western Societies. And, and here's a very interesting paragraph. You say, the good Germans of Nazi Germany illustrated the free hand granted to evildoers when the good do nothing but the well-meaning leftists of contemporary Western nations, people who lead political support to the willful erosion of both moral boundaries and national borders are pouring gasoline on hell's raging fires. That phrase stopped me in my tracks, Patricia. Explain. Well, I I think a lot of people. Um, I don't think many of many of us recognize the real danger in this um, this proclivity to virtue signal to to go along with the people that you perceive to be influential and in power and and intellectual and so forth and and when people are casting aside fundamental morality in order to go along with with that they are adding they are adding political impetus political wind to a movement that is that is uh, fundamentally evil and and the movement away from respect for individuals, and I and I keep seeming to to repeat myself on that, but nothing, no system, no ethic, no moral, no government is accountable in any way if it's not accountable to the flesh and blood person. So the idea that oh, individualism is one way to look at the world, and collectivism is another, and they are moral equivalents is absolutely wrong. The collectivist view of the world is immoral, anti-moral because it takes accountability to the person out of the mix. The only way we have any kind of fundamental morality at all is if we are accountable to our treatment of our fellow man. Right now. So what, so I ask myself, Patricia, what changes that maybe? So does it take uh, treatment to their self or their circle, their their personal family? Does it take that sort of moment to really, it, like, is, is that the bucket of cold water it requires them to then come to the altar of truth and realize that, you know, they're screwed well, up? We, yeah, we, if we look at the, the what, what is that, uh, Titler cycle, um, and, and we see that that uh, societies do tend to go in these circles. And, and you can actually see that playing out in the Old Testament stories of the Jewish people. And we can see it over and over again in history where we forget the foundational lessons. We forget the uh, basically the, the enlightened insights on yeah. which we built a terrific civilization. And, and we forget them. And, and, and only until we, we get really hurt. Do we go, what went wrong? And then we come back. So the, the, the good news here is that the, the antidote to all of this leftism stuff, whether it's a Jew hatred, whether it's racism, right. whether it's BLM, or whether it's even DEI or other ways to collectivize the treatment of human beings, the, the, the antidote to all of it is yeah. a restoration of fundamental morality. The fight on hand, there's another point to this. 
and that I think people are losing sight. I'm thinking here and studying this more and more, Patricia, this whole Jew hating thing is not, that's not really what this is about in my world. Now, let me get this out and then you tell me you agree or disagree, but I'm not thinking this is real. I think that's just the current vice that is being utilized. But when you understand the game plan of jihadists and you understand the cult that is, it is a cult. Uh, it's not a religion, a faith, it's a cult. And you understand what's taking place. Uh, that's just one more stepping stone to get to whatever else it is in civilization that does not subscribe to the uh, Sharia component of this thing. And if you don't, it could be whatever. It could be Puerto Rican people, could be white people, could be whatever. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> Asian people, they're all enemies of this movement. Uh, to discuss that. Is that a point? Sure. I, and I and I agree to it to a point in that the fundamental quest here is power, you know, control, power over others. So so that would be the, the most fundamental thing that's that's happening in all this. And but when you look at history, you find that the, the Jew hatred is a unique phenomenon. It is a uniquely persistent phenomenon throughout history. Look at how small this group of people is compared to the rest of the world. Right. And and look at the 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 visceral hatred expressed through the ages. And why is that? Well, you know, monotheism came through the Jews. God revealed himself through the Jews. And Satan hates that. And so this satanic movement, not only to, to divorce morality from the treatment of individual human beings, that is a satanic, I think, and, and it's a demonic movement. But I also yeah. think yeah. the whole power lust and that the hatred well, of God's people, that is, I think, a unique. It, well, it is, it is, it is, it is. But unique. I want to plant one other seed with you. And uh, it, uh, it, what I don't agree with, actually, is the power point. And this it, usually when you and I talk and others, we talk about the power. I don't think this is about power. I think this is about going after infidels and uh, others uh, because uh, these, uh, this movement, this cult, they live to die. Whereas in our world, we live to live. Uh, and, okay. but they live to die and it changes all the rules of this paradigm, Patricia. And so I don't think it's about power in their case. I think it's about acceptance to the fact that they think they're getting more in the death mode than they are in living. Think about that mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that is true. There is a uh, push for a worldwide caliphate is, is that's uh, right. why that's I right. brought up the power thing. Yeah, there is more to talk about there. Now, what I'm going to uh, suggest to folks here as we talk about this a little bit more is uh, I'm, I'm going to broaden this conversation up. And somewhere in the next week, I just let me plant a seed with you. And I don't know what day this will be. I don't know with the current news cycle, but I want to ask Patricia Antone to come back with us. And I'm going to invite on another really great voice that you, you've heard before uh, now and then again. Uh, and that is uh, Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez who's just uh, very articulate and uh, truly amazing. It's always a gift to hear him talk and write. And I'm going to have him on. I'm going to invite Patricia on. And I think take some of this conversation up a little bit more. It's going to be an interesting conversation. And I, again, look for that in the uh, next week, week and a half or so. We'll have that out on broadcast uh, for you. But I think it'll be a great conversation because this is how you solve the problems is by getting to the core uh, and really understanding uh, you know, what, what those, uh, what the current situation is in those problems. So they can be, uh, understood and potentially that's the way we can uh, fight back. Uh, Patricia, thank you for joining me here on Viewpoint this Sunday. Always a privilege thank you. to have you. 
It's great to be here. Thank you. Okay, friends, that is a wrap here on the Viewpoint this Sunday. Now, listen, I need you to get to AmericaOutloud.news. Share the out loud truth. Uh, let's wake people up and let's get it out there uh, around the world. And, uh, and uh, surely from sea to shine in sea to make those seas shine again, as I always say to you, uh, this is a fight uh, of our lifetimes. It is the fight of good and evil. It is the fight for our salvation. It is the fight for liberty and justice for all. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.